$150 can change the world. Sounds like hyperbole, but you will hear how Elka McGuire, Marissa Messenger, and the Friends of Gale, an incredible organization headquartered in Denver that enables female students in Senegal, Africa, is changing the trajectory of girls, families, and ultimately a whole country, $150 at a time, on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I am excited to have a conversation with two leaders from the incredible Friends of Gale organization, Executive Director Elka McGuire and Associate Director Marissa Messenger. Friends of Gale is an organization dedicated to enabling female students in Gale, Senegal, to achieve economic and life success. Can't wait to get into it. Elka has been the executive director of Friends of Gale since November of 2019. She speaks several languages, including French, and has lived and worked extensively abroad. Most recently, she helped market emerging artists. Marissa brings a strong gendered lens of programming, policy, and ethics as a master social worker and a master of arts in international development. Marissa has been working with girls and women locally and abroad for the past seven years, establishing the connection between a nation's growth and women's empowerment. I can't wait to learn more about both of these great leaders in their organization. Elka and Marissa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, I would love to start for you to tell us about the mission of Friends of Gayole and how you would describe the organization to somebody that doesn't know anything about it. Well, um, we are enabling, like you said, girls in Senegal to go to school. We, uh, this is, it's three different ways we're doing that. We have a scholarship program that is awarded annually um, at the beginning of the school year, a group of parent teacher association in Gao, not us, selects uh, girls based on need if they need to be supported. Um, we then come in and, and so that list gets narrowed down to two per school, which is 12, and we're hoping to grow that. There's definitely a need there. And uh, we then give them a backpack with school supplies at the beginning of the school year. And we have a program there, local staff that helps them in after school program to learn. Um, we call it News Club, Fun Club. And it has access to computers and it gives them additional classroom time, tutoring, one-on-one, -on -one, test prep. And then at the end of the school year, we have a big celebration. We call it the FED. Awesome. Uh, where we give out the scholarships. So everybody who went to school, who did well, gets a little more sometimes. That's when your $150 that people donate per person uh, comes in. So like I said, we have the news club, but we also have e-learning. We had computers donated to us um, about 10 years ago. And uh, for some of them, that's the first time they, they will be at a computer. So... Um, we tried to like enrich this over the summer. We we realized you you need to have summer school there. 
We had programs in journalism. We had programs in English as a second language. Because if you think about they learn Wolof, the local language at their home, they go to first grade, they have to learn French. In high school, they're learning English, and they basically then have to need to be proficient in English to uh, go to college. So, and we hope to to grow that part a little bit more because we have now over 16 girls that are going to college since we've been around since 2005. So after 13 years of, of school, they're going to, like it started three or four years ago. The first ones graduated and went to college. That is so awesome. So give me a little bit of a geography lesson for somebody who's a knucklehead like me. Where in Africa is Senegal? It's in West Africa. So when when we leave here, we go to New York. And then in seven hours later, we are in Senegal, in Dakar. And then the actual trip starts because then it will be more like a four or five hour trip uh, to that small village, smaller village, Gaol. And there's something there's something really unique about Gale's geography. We're just a few miles south of the Sahara Desert. Oh, wow. So it's, it's very warm. It's very dry and, and it's sandy. Um, if you drive just probably, what, an hour or so, you are in the Sahara. Make sure you got your radiator of your car ready to go. Um, but I'd love for you to tell us about the history of the organization and how it ended up being headquartered in Denver. Yeah, so our co-founder, Judy Beggs, um, who is unfortunately not with us anymore, um, she was a returned Peace Corps volunteer in the 90s, um, and she was a practicing lawyer in Denver, Colorado, um, and just kind of felt the need to pivot her life, joined the Peace Corps, and was sent to Gaol as a health volunteer. Judy was a woman who broke many glass ceilings herself. And when she got to Gaol, she witnessed that there was a lack of female participation in the classroom. And she saw that in her own host family's house. Their their daughters weren't attending school. Um, And so when she returned back to Colorado, she got with one of her good friends, John Montagna, who is currently a board member and has been a board member. Um, They started sending a little bit of money to Judy's host family. And a few years after that, it turned into an official 501c3. And I think the inaugural class of Friends of Gale in 2005 had less than seven students. And Mm -hmm. it truly has grown into this community project of creating continued and sustained access to education so that girls are a part of the, the system. That is awesome. And it's amazing when you think about the cost. I looked the cost to educate a pupil in Colorado somewhere around the average cost, somewhere around eighty five hundred. And you guys Mm -hmm. are getting this done for less than two hundred dollars. I would love for you to explain how huge an impact you're having for really such little amount of money can have such a dramatic impact. It, it really is huge. Yeah. So for 150 U.S. dollars, you can support one Friends of Gale student for her entire year of school. <laughs> That's that, amazing. It's it's incredible. And as a first grader, when friends of when students are welcome to Friends of Gale family, um, we meet them all individually with their family and do like an overview of what Friends of Gale is. Welcome them to the program, um, and tell them that they are being awarded a scholarship at the end of their 
first year. Um, they also get a backpack full of school supplies. Um, and then for every Friends of Gale student, that $150 gives them their scholarship, access to all Friends of Gale programming that Elka previously described, and wow. annual scholarship, or excuse me, an annual school supply distribution. So students are equipped and ready to go to the classroom. Yeah. That is incredible. So, and something else I'd love for you to talk about, y'all have been over there several times, it sounds like, but talk about the obstacles that these girls face in going to school oh. that is, you know, we just completely take for granted here. Dear God, where to start? <laughs> and it has changed over the years. When Judy went there in 1992, and then back in 2005, and even when, even in the last four years, I mean, I was first there in 2019, there was almost no female in a leadership position there in Gio. And we have now our first uh, woman principal. There has never been a principal. Yay female principal in Gaul in the whole history. Uh, we have uh and and uh we have them on our board. So it's it's that's really awesome. exciting because that's the new development too. We are now an organization there as well as here. So uh but yeah and and those girls it, it changed the mindset of the parents because they saw the girls graduate they saw what it did. You know, I mean, it's it's a changing of the minds. You can do all kinds of good if you don't, if the people that you want to do that with don't agree with it. Yeah. So was the, is one of the biggest obstacles there just this mindset about, you know, girls going to school? There, there definitely is cultural entrenched norms sure. that are present in Gale. Um, and when I, I was just there in March and in October, I was there again for the start of the school year. And I had the opportunity to sit down with some of our post-Bach and Bethem students. So students going into university and moving from middle school into high school and talk about this exact question. What are your challenges? Where can Friends of Gale support you more? And what are we doing good? I want to hear from you. Um, and the, the common answers I was getting were, you know, electricity in their home. How do they study outside of the classroom if the informatique, which is our building, um, is closed? How do they have access to the mm -hmm. internet? Um, and then just the familial duties that students, all students have, you know, there's chores and um, siblings potentially to take care of. You know, there's a lot of challenges. And but what I have seen, and I think Elka could attest to this as well, that what started out as a project to really target the youth of Gale has turned into a community-wide reinforced yeah. project where the community is seeing that this really is impactful for us. And, you know, we're seeing women in position, leadership positions for the first time in Gale. And that's also simultaneously inspiring Friends of Gale scholars to succeed Even and better. fight through their challenges. And their parents. You know, and it changed the mindset well. of the parents because right. I remember Judy saying, oh, they want to marry them off at age 12 or they need uh. to help with the household because there's so many children. So that really has changed. It, yeah. It's like, oh, but that's good. She can go to school and she can help us later on. Well, I love on, on your website where it says when girls are educated, their entire nation profits. And yeah. I love that. So talk about how important it is to really close this 
gender gap? Because like you're saying, it sounds like when you're doing this, you're not just impacting the students. That's rippling across the whole family and the whole culture. There is a lot of emerging evidence that supports access to education as one of the most impactful tools when working to eradicate intergenerational poverty. And that statistics will also show that girls who are educated have lower birthing rates, fewer children, um, wait longer to marry. Um, And so there's a lot of health effects, personal health effects that will further impact their children. and th- there's this, there's a little bit of trickle down from national government. Oh, sure. I was going to say. As, and well, Senegal has a lot of gender positive um, legislation that's being currently, that has been passed in support of girls' access to education and to family planning, et cetera. And that's all trickling down slowly into everyday people. Right. And that's going to help, you know, that's going to take the stress off the government to support you know, people yeah. are having kids too early or too many kids that they can't support and everything else. So how many of the girls that you're working with there, and I'm assuming it's a lot, are really, this is really, they're the first ones to go to school and they're from their families. Oh, yeah. But, so this is a really interesting question and it's something that we generalize. We say that for many, so we currently are supporting 168 students from first wow. grade through high school That's and awesome. 16 in university. It's incredible. Like the impact is huge. Gail's population is about 11,000. Um, and that is a statistic that I really want to know. Of our boussiers, of Friends of Gail scholars, which, how many of them are the first in their family to have access to education? and go to high school. The yeah. statistic in Senegal is a little over 10% of adult women will say that they had the opportunity to reach the wow. start of secondary school. One in 10. 10%. Wow. And we go to their home and interview them. So we find out a lot more. Is mom going to school? Has she been dad? Is dad present? So we we know a lot more about them then too. Yeah. And a lot of times when, at least when I visited, uh, it was uh, the first one to go to school. You know, you guys do have a Senegal-based staff, obviously. And mm-hmm. I know technology is great for communicating with them. But I want to talk about what your guys are up against here in the U.S. and what are the challenges you're facing from a fundraising standpoint and an operational standpoint being here in Denver? Well, okay, way to start. Um, the first and totally legitimate uh, position that some of some of our donors have is, well, there is local people that need more support. Right. There is, uh, I need to help support people in Afghanistan. Um, th- there's, there's that. Yeah. And what do you say then? You know, you're like, okay, well, what we're doing there is is really important. Um, but obviously Afghanistan needs to be helped. Right, sure. People here need to be helped. So sure. uh yeah, I mean that that's one of the challenges for sure. And it has to be difficult. I mean, Colorado now we're we're kind of right in the middle and we're a great hub, but it also has to be one of those things where there's so many people that you could reach. How do you how do you even start to get the word out about what you're doing to reach all the folks here that would probably be willing to help? Well, we have a huge Senegalese community actually here in Denver, mm. which I did not know before I started. And we're part of uh, learning that, uh, well, we, we just started being part of the African leadership group. 
Uh, we are trying yeah, to go nationally. I mean, this this is only supported for now by private donation, most of them locally, most of them friends and family. And we are trying to to reach out to a, a bigger donor base nationally, internationally. I sure. mean, I would love to see that. Well, the work um, you're doing obviously is rippling across generations um, and, and yeah. could have an international effect, obviously, because of, you know, immigrants and, and all that. It's fantastic. But this is probably a difficult one because I'm sure there's tons. But do you have any favorite success stories that, that you could share? I mean, Marissa, on her last visit, visited with uh, some of the girls that go to university. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, her name is Soda Law. And I first met her in 2019. She is incredible. She's like super smart. We were trying to get her to maybe come here to university uh, or even spend her last year of high school here, which obviously then didn't happen. The pandemic happened. Judy passed away. So, um, but she graduated last year in um, the science arm of the, the the high school diploma, which is very, very difficult to do. The, first of all, the high school diploma is very difficult because it's everything you ever learned in tests at the end of the at the end of thirteen oh. years of school. And it's not in your language. It's mm. uh, predominantly in English or French. And she, um, the first time it was right after COVID, didn't pass that. They asked her to switch over to uh, the the language side. And she's like, no, nope, I stick with the science. And she passed. And Yay. she's now at university. I mean, this is not just one of many, many I'm stories. Sure. And uh, they, Judy probably would have known so many more, but this is just what we have experienced for the last four years. Well, and again, I think this goes back to the obstacles that these girls face that so many take for granted. I mean, you know, you talk about taking an SAT exam or something here, you're taking it not in a, in a language that you're comfortable with. So to, to do yeah. this, you know, part of your work has to be convincing these girls that they can do it. When we try to, at the celebration of the end of the school year, we always try to have a professional Senegalese woman to speak to them that can say, well, look, I'm a lawyer. I yeah. made it out of the village. Um, and we're, we're tr- that's another thing we're trying to to uh, grow in Senegal now sure. that we're an organization there. Sure. Well, do you have a big audacious goal for the organization and any ideas what it would take to accomplish it? Yes. So this year, so we currently welcome 14 scholars a year in, in first grade. They're seven years old. Um, and I got to be a silent participant and just observe how the scholarship selection happens. And this was October. And so I got to see the way that the Parent Teacher Association that Alco referred to collaborated with the headmaster of six elementary schools in Gale and take a list of about 40 students and narrow it down to two to four students between all the schools to equal 14 students. Per school, four yeah. wow. per school. I mean, it's crazy. So, yeah. and so the, the question of, can we grow? That was always something that was kind of percolating in our minds as a board and, and the development development of our strategic plan. And the answer is absolutely yes. Oh. And there's clear, explicit need for us to do so. Mm-hmm. So starting this fall, we're going to welcome two additional students and we'll grow annually by two. 
So this year we'll do 16, 18, and that seems like a really small number, but we have to also think about our capacity as an organization. Um, We also want to strengthen and equip News Club with partnerships with other NGOs that are operating in West Africa and specifically Senegal to kind of help reach students more holistically. You know, we want to build that critical consciousness of you can do this, you can be successful. Um, And we want to develop really hard, really develop a post-BAC program to support students into university and transition them into that period of their life. You know, you're obviously having an impact. You're seeing female leaders emerge in your school. Um, You're walking with kids from, with these girls from the time they're in first grade all the way through high school and in the university. So what, most excites each of you about the future of the organization? It's such a privilege to be able to sit down with the students who are being impacted directly by Friends of Gail's work. And getting to do that two to three times a year is such an incredible experience to see the tangibility of this work. Elka and I are up a brick wall sometimes and just like putting out fires. But when you have the opportunity to sit down with these students, whether they're seven years old or they're 18 years old, um, that's really inspiring. And I think that that's what I look forward to is the growth of this organization, that the impact is so real, it's so tangible, and that there is clear need for us to grow. And I think that's what, kind mm. of what keeps me going is that it's it's working. Our model is successful yeah. um, um, and we can keep growing. Well, it, and it's, it's such an amazing story to think $150 a year and, and you're changing a whole country, a whole yeah. culture. Um, that's just that's stunning. I mean, it's that's what we when sometimes when we come up against something, this costs so much here, this costs so much here, Meg. For a dinner for two, we could right. go, we could help a girl for a whole year to change her life. Not just go to school, but she's changing the life of herself, her family, and if she has when she has children, those. I mean, there's data that says it's they will go to school. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stunning. So. I'm super impressed, and and we'll wind things down here uh, to change topics just a little bit. But I would love to hear something that each of you will either read, listen to, or watch today. Oh, I have a really cool book that I'm reading right now. I mean, cool is probably the wrong word. It's yeah. by Gabo Mate, and it's about trauma and healing. And I'm fascinated by it. I just picked it up from the library. Um, usually I like to read fiction. <laughs> I'm never that, that deep. But this book is excellent. And isn't it remarkable how the impacts of trauma are just sickness? Yeah, anything. I mean, it's but he explains it so well. It's it's incredible. That's great. I am writing a really fun book for me. Um, It's called Don't Think, Dear, on Loving and Leaving Ballet by Alice Robb. Um, I am on this uh, journey, I guess, of kind of healing my inner child. And I've returned back to ballet after I, I danced for 20 years and I took a four year break. And so oh, I'm, I'm reading this. Thanks. I'm reading this book about um, a former ballerina. Um, and it's, it's really awesome to hear her professional experience in ballet through her point of view. If you could point to 
uh, role models, uh, especially in the work you're doing, who would they be? When I first started, I read a book um, by an American woman that started an organization in Senegal called Tostan. And it was uh, similar to ours, but not when they started, not about education. And I have to say, starting this new job four years ago, that was one of my role models. Um, Somebody that I look up to and I was introduced to her work in grad school is Audre Lorde. Um, and I frequently, I have a sticky note on my bulletin board. I've carried around with me for three years. It goes everywhere that I go. Um, and one of Audrey Lord's most inspiring and impactful works to me is about master's tools. And the quote says, what does it mean when the tools of a racist patriarchy are used to examine the fruits of the same patriarchy? And I try to interweave that into our work at Friends of Gayle that we are gently disrupting the system and further advancing women's rights through the creation of access to education that will have lasting generational impacts on their family. And my last one is if somebody wants to support the work you're doing, uh, learn more about the work you're doing, um, donate, what's the best way to find you? Well, definitely go to our website. You can sign up to be a subscriber. We'll send you an email maybe once a month. So we won't trash your your <laughs> account. Um, but co- follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn. You can also on the website donate. It will show you exactly $150 for uh, a one-year scholarship. 2000 to keep an entire uh, class in school and so on and uh, help us spread the word. That is our biggest uh, challenge right now that people will know about us. Everybody has 10 friends and let us know. We have uh, marketing material. We can send you uh, links to all kinds of uh, intros to, to friends of Gio, but definitely help us spread the word and, and we would love to hear from someone from the press or uh, so we can get the word out. out there and remind us the website. It's G U E O U L dot org. Awesome. Well, I will put that all in the show notes. Uh, truly admire what y'all are doing as a girl dad. I love it when I see uh, strong female leaders, especially strong female leaders that are empowering the next generation. So Godspeed for safe travels. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this inspiring conversation about the Friends of Gay Hole. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity Services. Being a nonprofit leader is hard and we can help you thrive. Learn how at makingourworldbetter.com. You can learn more about the Friends of Gay Hole and support their work at www.gue ool.org. Check the show notes for links. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.